Hi, this is John Nelson. This is Jimmy Maurer. Hi, I'm Andre Zanoda, and you're listening to the Dallas Soccer Show. the Dallas Soccer Show presented by the Striker Texas. I'm Dustin Nation and in this episode we're going to talk about a busy weekend or busy week for FC Dallas uh, including two games and a coaching change. Uh, Luchi Gonzalez getting getting the axe as they say on Sunday afternoon and here to talk it over with me is Jonathan Ross. How's it going Jonathan? So it's kind of a melancholy Monday. Dustin is uh, you know we just Trying, trying to get our heads around the Luchi Gonzalez uh, exit. I think that we all kind of expected it, maybe a little bit surprised at the timing of it. I know we'll get into that in the pod. So, you know, I know we get a few hundred listeners, and I'm sure there might be that one guy who's listening and saying, what, Luchi's gone? So sorry for uh, breaking the news early in the pod. But uh, Spoiler alert. That's, that's, uh, that's what we'll be talking about today. Also with us straight from the lab, it's Nico Mendez. How are you doing, Nico? Doing pretty good. Melancholy? Well, I spent all weekend at the lab, and then I come out of the lab Sunday evening, and I'm like, whoa, there's a North Texas game. <laughs> and that was the news that you needed that day. That was the, the main thing that happened. Also, there was a coaching change. Um, all right, so we, we've talked about it already. Luchi Gonzalez is out. Jonathan, you want to um, you know, tell us the, the, the details well, well, first, I, need, I do need to actually touch on NTSC because I had actually made the plan on Sunday that I was going to finally go to an NTC, NTSC game at 6 o'clock, and then the Lucci news came out at like 4.30, <laughs> and Twitter erupted, and I'm like, eh, maybe I'll go a different time. Yeah, um, I don't have enough battery on my phone for this. <laughs> that's that's right. So uh, the, the club announced on Sunday afternoon at 4.30 um, that Luchi Gonzalez was uh, leaving the club, being replaced by uh, Marco, <laughs> being replaced by Marco Ferruzzi. Uh, as Nico shakes his head at me, uh, Luchi has been part of the club for the last three years. Uh, led FC Dallas to the playoffs for the last two. Uh, this year was obviously not going very well, and I think many of us kind of expected at the end of the season uh, that Luchi would probably not be renewed. Uh, but the the club made the decision with eight games left that it was time to kind of pull the plug and uh, make a change. So now we've got a new interim head coach in in, in Marco Ferruzzi, and uh, the club is at least stating right that they're going to try to make a push for the playoffs uh, this year. Yeah. So who who had uh, Lucci out on their on their bingo card for this week? Not, no, not not no? not not for this week. I think it was <laughs> the. I think we saw, you know, I, th- I think we were potentially hopeful that maybe, maybe not hopeful. We thought potentially that Lucci had uh, been able to start turning it around, you know, a few games ago when they went on the road and won a couple of matches, had four unbeaten on the road. Um, but, you know, the wheels have come off the, the bus the last few um, and lots of defensive lapses. And I think that obviously the, the loss to Houston was the final straw for the club. And they decided if they're going to make a change, right, and give, uh, give a, a, a chance for Marco to – to do something with this season, that was the time to do it. Yeah, the, coming into this week, so we lots happened since we last recorded. We had, there was the two games: one against New York City FC, and then 
on Saturday. Uh, I guess what turned out to be the final nail in the coffin was uh, the Houston Dynamo away game. Both of those were away matches. Uh, SC Dallas is now uh, 6, 9, and 11 after those um, two matches. So six wins on the season out of 26. So, uh, yeah, not not that great. Uh, the, the interesting thing, though, and, like, I don't want to – I know most people didn't come to this pod to listen to us talk about NYCFC or the Houston game for the most part. So we'll just kind of talk like generalities here. The interesting thing is they scored FC Dallas scored five goals in those two matches. Uh, the, the bummer is for, for Lucci is that the, the opponents scored six. And so they were only able to come away with those from one point. So um, any, anything, let's, let's touch on those games real quick. Uh, Anything of interest for you, Nico, in those matches? I think you've seen the emergence of Obrion. I mean, he's got four goals in those last two games. So you think you think it's uh, a trend now, or no? I just think it's interesting. <laughs> he certainly shows a, a good part of the season to get hot. A very interesting part of the season. I, I, I... Uh, Mark Followell on Twitter after the New York City match said it was a very uh, Roland Lamar performance, uh, which is, you know, in in some ways it, it's it is kind of that's so true. <laughs> it's it's a it's a it's a good comparison because uh, it's one of those guys that yes I think he's putting up stats but if anybody was going to list kind of the most important players for this team, uh, you know, he'd be pretty far down that list before uh, before we. <laughs> Before we started talking about uh, O'Brien is is one of the top players for the club, even though he is number two now on the score sheet. Yeah, he seems up until that New York City game, he seems to score in at times that don't necessarily help the club win a game. And uh, I think that's I, I've, I remember that with Lamar, it was fits and starts, and then he'd get goals, so get like a brace in a game that didn't where they'd already you know, got the lead. Uh, and so, you know, it's, it's a, I think it's a good comparison. Uh, any other, I, I, would, I would like to point out, um, and we talked about this on the last pod about the pairing of Nkosi Tafari and Matt Hedges and how it, it seemed to provide some instability in the back just because of the similarities of the two. I think, I, I saw that same thing happen again in the Houston match where it caused marking issues and they, no one knew who to mark as the ball was coming into the, into the, um, into the box. Does, is that something you guys saw as well? You know, I would probably not the players I would have called out. Right. I think that the, <laughs> yeah. you know, honestly, the, the, what's, what's interesting is the, probably in the last pod, we were talking about how well, uh, Justin and Emma were both playing. Right, and it was kind of exciting to see, even though they hadn't pulled out a good result, it was exciting to see those two guys playing well. Uh, and I, I feel like against Houston, both of them played like they were, I don't know, rookies in MLS, which they very much are. Uh, especially, uh, you know, I think Fafa testing, uh, testing Justin quite a bit early on, and creating those first two two goals. Yeah, yeah, no, in in that's kind of been the Achilles heel for FC Dallas all season is just whether it be the center backs or the outside backs or the center defensive mid stability in front of them. There's really this whole season 
how many how many games in a row has there been the same unit out um uh, like sequentially or after after the next game right it's it's something that that Lucci's been having to deal with all season is not having uh you know consistent performers or consistent players even in the back for him to be able to really build a solid defense and a solid spine off of and which can really affect the way your whole team is set up and the whole the way your whole team is able to you know move the ball up the field or stop the ball from coming down the field it's 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 a real shame i think for him that that that's been the case with you know whether it be Brisson's injury or Hedges's Hedges's Hedges's, Hedges surgery or Martinez's injury or Nelson you know or you go down the list right it's just Kenyon having injuries it's been a it's been a real bummer uh it's a scientific term i think for it but it's a bummer yeah i'm sure we'll get into it when we start getting into the the Lucci part of this conversation but yes the this club has suffered a significant amount of of defensive injuries international absences and you know senior players or, or or dp kind of players that just are not playing up to the level that you would expect so uh maybe maybe this week was just another uh example almost par for the course for fc dallas for this season for sure anything else you guys want to touch on on those two matches did Kaiser Gomez play that? I can't remember, Nico. I can't well, remember. Did, did, he, did he come out for uh... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just, right. had, just had Kaiser, to throw at least at least one Kaiser Gomez uh, you know, reference into the match. Kaiser Gomez discussion. did not play for FC Dallas in these past two games. Can confirm. I'm sorry, who was that? Man, I, I really hope <laughs> that, that ball is near. <laughs> You're gonna need a lot today. It's gonna get out of hand quickly. Um, all right. Well, let's let's uh, let's leave those matches behind and and talk about the real the real news story here. The real the real reason we're all actually showed up to record tonight and didn't just ignore. Ah, sorry, don't want to talk about it. Uh, and that is that is the you know the letting go of Lucci by Dan Hunt and Andre Zanata. Um. So. Let's start off with the press conference that happened this afternoon. Uh, I heard a lot from from Dan Hunt when when asked, you know, the the reasons behind firing Lucci. Uh, I heard a lot of the reasons that you just mentioned, Jonathan, whether it be defensive issues or defensive injuries or uh, international call ups or you know a whole lot of things that really don't pertain to. Lucci Gonzalez as the reasons why there's time for a change. And the only thing in the list of the list of, of issues that Dan Hunt mentioned and that possibly could have done, you know, been, been, uh, responsible or Lucci would have been responsible for is yellow card defense or yellow card discipline. And, you know, just, dumb mistakes at the back that lead to penalty kicks. Yep. So, okay. so Dustin, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. It, it was actually, uh, I think Dan Crook, our, our buddy from third degree that was asking a question and kind of got this litany of answers from um, Dan Hunt around, you know, why the club hadn't performed well. 
Uh, and I was kind of waiting for, uh, for for Dan Crook to just say, well, then, you know, why are we letting the, the coach go? Because the litany of, of, of reasons for why the club was not performing well, I think the only one that you could say was coach-related was potentially yeah, the, the penalty kick, right? Um, the rest were injuries, uh, international amnesties, et cetera, right? So um, it was – was an interesting press conference. It went about 30 minutes. And honestly, the probably the biggest takeaway or the only real takeaway I got from the conference was that they made the decision to do this change now so they could give uh, Feruzzi, you know, the next seven, eight games to, to prove whether he's capable as the head coach. Um, and they're going to kick off the – they're going to continue to kick off or, or look for um, another coach. They did say that they hadn't started that process, which seems – uh, sorry, something I don't believe in. I would I would expect they have a list of candidates and some people they've at least touched um, before they let Lucci go. Um, but you know that's that's kind of the biggest takeaway for me is that you know no surprise uh, FC Dallas is going to look internally for their next head coach first. Yeah, the other thing that that struck me from that was just how adamant they were that they still have a chance at making the playoffs. And and that that they are still that's still the goal, and I'm looking here at the table. FC Dallas is in 11th. Minnesota's in seventh. Minnesota has two games in hand and is up seven points. So that's potentially 13 points that FC Dallas would have to make up in order to make the playoffs. Yeah, and, <laughs> agreed. I think if the target's still 48, which I think it is, right? Because that's the the typical target. And I think that's about where Minnesota. Minnesota is around 47, 48 in seventh place. If you if you extrapolate 1.4 points across the entire season, uh, FC Dallas basically has to win every game except for one, and that one they have to tie. So they have to win more games the rest of the season than they have so far this season. Yeah, it, I'll, I'll say this much: if Marco Ferruzzi can turn that around and cause that to happen. Uh, I will to sign me up on the Fruzzi bus uh, for getting that man signed as coach. Um, but I don't think any of us really think that's going to happen. No, and, and in some ways it, it kind of sets up uh, Fruzzi in a, in a bad spot, right? Because he is coming in to a club that it's, it is pretty late in the season, right? This is something that if the club was going to do this, they probably should have done it five matches ago, six matches ago to give him more of an opportunity to prove himself. He's going into you know, the, a seven or eight game span where uh, he doesn't have the opportunity to really play with anything or take chances. He has to win every game pretty much. So I don't know if they've really done, done him a favor. No, for sure. That's that's an interesting point, and I hadn't really thought about that. But if the measuring stick is make turn us around and make the playoffs and he doesn't do it, and that's that's kind of setting him up for not setting him up for success for sure. Um, it's I think that that might be a miss on their part to go for that lofty public goal and you know wanting to portray the, the club as as wanting to be competitive uh, and and be you know a, as Dan said a perennial player in the in the standings, um, but but. That doesn't that doesn't do Fruzzi any any favors at all. Um, I I did. There's another thing about that press conference, and it came towards the end that I thought was really telling. About just maybe kind of some of the dynamics 
that were happening inside of the club. And it was, it was towards the end when John Arnold was asking questions and John asked about, um, you know, he said, I, you know, I don't want to pit this as a Lucci versus Marco thing, but like, what's, you've got, is there some, some sort of tension there or what's going on there? And, and there was a slight answer that, that Dan said, he said, uh, Lucci has his guys on the field out on the practice field and Marco has his guys and his, his opinions up in the front office and there are differences of opinions. And to me that, that sounds like him acknowledging a power, maybe a power struggle that was going on there. Um, as on, as Zanata gets, gets entrenched in the club and starts to, you know, start to get, because correct did Zanato came in after Lucci was appointed, right? I think so. It would have been briefly after Lucci was appointed. Yeah. So, I mean, Zanotto's trying to get in, you know, entrenched and trying to get his, his, um, make his mark on things. And, you know, it, it the, I think the Feruzzi, and Lucci power struggle might, might, I don't know. I don't know what, whether that's a thing. I think it, the, the way I read Dan's answer made it be, sound like there might be one there. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they have kind of their people I mean, they both, regardless of when, uh, you know, Lucci became head coach, right. They both been associated with this club for a number of years. I think Fruzzi longer than Lucci. I think Fruzzi goes back what, to 2004, I think. Uh, for this club, so they've both been been around FC Dallas for a long time. I'm sure that they both have relationships um, with with individuals within the first team and and the academy, right? So, wouldn't surprise me if there's you know a little bit of maybe not a power struggle, right? But that there's you know, players who may be supportive of Fruzzi who think that yeah you know, maybe he should have been the one or should have been one of the ones that got a shot uh, the last time around when Oscar left, right? So, I mean that wouldn't surprise me but i mean i'm not there right you think i'm reading in too much into it i i don't know if you're reading in too much i just don't know if there's if i have any evidence to uh uh to actually prove that your your uh your <laughs> thoughts are, are are accurate right yeah and i probably did a terrible job of explaining and setting that that theory up so i'll i'll, uh, I'll yield it as possible overthinking i mean i now I wouldn't be surprised if Fruzzi himself, right, might might think that he should have had an opportunity. So um, it's just, I, mean, I think it's it's a it's interesting, right? Um, I don't know a lot about Marcos, right? I mean, I've I've, I've seen him on the sideline. I've met him before going out to training, right? But um, you know, I don't know a ton about his pedigree and his ability to be a first team coach, right? Much like we didn't know much about Lucci, right? Outside of his his work with the academy, so. Uh, I, I kind of like the idea of FC Dallas looking internally. If I think about it from like a typical kind of corporate standpoint, right. If I, if I look at, you know, the group that I work with every day for work, right. And there's an opportunity that comes open. I'd love for it to be filled internally. And I think that the hunts typically do that, but as an FC Dallas fan, obviously I'd love to see a big signing, but 
you know, we've never really seen that from from the club. So I, I think the expectations of that should be yeah, pretty low for for a fan. Yeah, it's it'll be it'll definitely be interesting. I remember we had just started this pod um, and really gotten underway with this podcast whenever Oscar left, and it was I'll say this. Trying to put a whole bunch of names out there and like conjecture on who's gonna get it and then like look at it all. Like it's it's fun, but like it's it's exhausting and it's probably your, if you if I learned anything from that, it's it's that like like you said, uh, it's more likely to be an internal hire for sure. Um, Nico, anything else from that press conference uh, and the things that we've learned that that stands out to you as something that's interesting? Are you expecting Eric Quill to take over? Yeah. He is an intense individual. Yeah. Nice lead in right there. Um, no, I kind of wanted to touch back a little bit about what Dan Hunt was saying about the difference between Lucci and Marco Ferruzzi. Um, I, the way I heard it was Dan Hunt actually talking about a difference of tactics. Um, and not, not necessarily as like a conflict of interest or just a differing of opinions, but I think what Dan Hunt was trying to get at is he talked about how there was these defensive struggles and then giving up goals and then some of the discipline issues around the box. Um, I think what Dan Hunt was trying to hint at is that basically justifying the bringing in Marco as the interim because Marco is a defensive a defensive minded coach in comparison to Luigi, who's a bit more of a possession and attacking minded coach. Um, that's the way I understood it when Dan Hunt was kind of talking about that. Um, I didn't really see it as there was a difference of opinions or thoughts between kind of like Lucci in the front office. But I mean, may- maybe that is what uh, Dan Hunt was kind of going to. But another thing you mentioned that I think is really key is the in the situation that Marco's being brought into, like you were saying, it's he's not necessarily being set up for success. And you can definitely say that has been Luchi Gonzalez's entire tenure at FC Dallas, and especially this yep. year. The biggest being losing Thiago Santos two weeks before the beginning of the season. That's a pretty key piece for your team right there as the number six. Um, yep. I mean, and you know, that was something that the media and, and fans have talked about for quite a while at the beginning of the season was, well, wow, okay, Thiago Santos is gone. How do you replace a player like that? I mean, yes, you can bring in some players within within the academy in your own team, but that's a pretty big piece to lose right before the season right there. I mean, in, in like, like you were saying, Dustin, the other things Dan Hunt kept kind of bringing up was these on-the-field performances. And for me personally, I don't think a lot of that really was tied back to Lucci. I mean, something that we, us three have talked for quite a quite some time throughout the entire course of the season is just the constant rotating defensive back line which i mean if you have a back line that can't build chemistry with each other you're gonna run into defensive issues and you're going to run into lots of goals being let in so i mean there's only so much that kind of lucci can do in there i guess aside from just him making himself a player and going out there himself (laughs) (laughs) player coach but it i mean there is a lot of good points that were brought up in that press conference, but for me, I wasn't entirely convinced basically that a lot of it was kind of tied back to Lucci. 
Um, and the biggest thing is it's not like Marco coming in is going to magically fix everything when you still have the same players with kind of the same defensive uncertainties. Um, but yeah, I, I'm not entirely convinced per se. I mean, maybe the this decision kind of in the off season when his contract runs out would have made a little bit sense. But I, like you like you were also alluding to earlier in the podcast, I mean, you, FC Dallas kind of has to win seven games with the other one being a draw at this point to even make the playoffs. And I'm not saying that it's impossible, but it's definitely a very difficult position for any coach. I I don't think <laughs> any coach um, can definitely make this make make basically the task that Marco has right now very difficult. But that's also not to discredit Marco. I mean, Marco's been around the club for a very long time. I mean, he's coached under Oscar. He's knows this club inside and out. And uh, it's not to not to fault any of his coaching abilities. I mean, he was also one of the shortlists when Lucci was being hired. Um, but yeah, it's. Uh, I, for for me, I I wasn't entirely convinced to I guess the what Andre and Dan Hunt were mentioning uh, in today's press conference, kind of justifying their decision within towards the end of the season. Yeah, it it sounds like their mind had been made up before, and they were just waiting for their a good time and trying to get Marco a a trial run at the end seemed like a good. Um, Good idea for them, I guess. Um, and the Houston loss just kind of gave them that extra push they needed to to go ahead and get that ball rolling. I do want to I do want to talk a little bit about the timing. You brought up, you know, the, it's kind of weird. They could have could have just gone to the off season and, and done it that way, and it might have you know been less confrontational towards Lucci or whatever, right? Uh, might might have you know not come off as disrespecting the work that he's done. Um, I do want to, I want to go back and I want to, if you'll indulge me, I've got a little bit of a a story. Um, If you'll, if you'll hearken back with me to the Los Angeles match at home, um, I have heard from several folks and uh, John Arnold reported it on the strikertexas.com that that match was a winner go home match for Lucci. I did not hear this until till yesterday, which makes me think of like back to that match. Jonathan and I were in 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 the press press booth for that uh, press box for that, and we were actually sitting right next to Andre Zanota and Marco Ferruzzi. And I remember I could we could see them through the window, and I remember thinking to myself, man, they're very stoic for being up three to one with Ricardo Pepe getting the youngest hat trick in in uh, MLS history. And they like, they kind of really didn't celebrate or weren't very like happy about it. And then Obreon scored in garbage time and they like both face palmed. And I remember turning to Jonathan and, and saying, man, I, I think they're upset that now, oh, now Obreon scores. He, he doesn't score all season. And like, you know, he scores when it doesn't matter. And that's the way I read it in the moment. But looking back and, and knowing that 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 game might have been a, a winner go home, and like the, they'd already really kind of made that decision of what they want to do next for the for the team, and they just um, it it kind of kind of makes me think a little bit about about um, you know the things that I was seeing. So, but with that, 
I don't expect y'all to, to comment on that story. Uh, but, um, the, the, the timeline, are, are we okay with this timeline, Jonathan? So this is, I think the explanation makes sense. So I mean, it's for, for Lucci. I think it's unfortunate that he didn't get a chance to, to play out the end of the contract. I, it probably looks worse on him to be let go before the end of his, his contract than it would if he had actually gone through the whole thing. So it might impact him trying to find the next role. So that part's unfortunate. I do also though, kind of get why the club would want to give an opportunity to somebody that's here to at least show what they have right now. I, I don't, I don't believe that they're really expecting him to make playoffs. I think that's them speaking to the media and the fans and trying to get people excited when they know the season's honestly over. Um, but from that perspective, I do think giving Feruzzi an opportunity that I think he deserves to, to prove this season before they have the full off season to do a search. I think that, that part's, that part is positive. So, um, I think we were all surprised a little bit by the timing, but listening to the explanation and thinking about it, I think it's it's maybe you know maybe maybe sad for Lucci, but I think from a club perspective, it makes sense. Yeah, uh, I I think I'm kind of with both you and Nico. Like I don't necessarily buy the reasoning, but I think the timing. If you're going to make that decision, then the timing makes a certain type of sense. I mean, it should have been earlier, Dustin, really. I, right. But, I think it should have been. Yeah. I mean, if, if you truly want to make the playoffs, they should have been earlier. It should have been, it should have been at that, that, um, which is probably why they were upset because they, it's, you can't fire a guy after he wins four to one or four to nothing. Right. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's it's definitely an interesting situation and it's uh you know i don't want to we talk about this stuff um you know sitting back in our with it behind our mics and on our couches and on, on with our phone in our hand and i i want to remind like bring like i have to remind myself like these are real people doing a real job that they're getting paid for that they're that they uh you know they're paid to make the best decisions they know how. And these are real people that now don't have jobs. Like it's really hard to not, or to, it's really easy to get, to get, uh, to lose sight of the humanity of these situations whenever, you know, you're just kind of trying to figure them out and, and, and re- report on them and understand what's going on as fans. Um, so that, uh, I completely uh, agree. Destin. I mean, Lucci, uh, came out on Twitter and kind of made a, a statement, you know, thanking people for support and, and for the opportunity. And, you know, one of my first thoughts was, I mean, uh, he'll, he'll end up somewhere. Right. But if you think about it from a family perspective, chances are that somewhere is not in Dallas. Right. So a, a, a guy who has, you know, and wife and kids who live here in Dallas have roots, have a community, right. Are going to likely have to uproot and go somewhere else. Uh, that's part, but that is, you know, part of the job, part of the role, part of the profession that he is in is to, to be able to do that. But yeah, there's definitely the, the human impact to, uh, to somebody like Lucci when, when a change like this happens. Now I, ha- I have, a, I have a question for Nico though. So oh, Nico, I like, this. I like this idea. What the, the, the question is, was it despite timing was moving on from Lucci the right decision for the club? 
That's a re- that's really the biggest question and kind of the key question. Um, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't really know if it's like year one or year seven. I think the answer kind of will be the same with any coach. It's time to move on. I mean, you can always look at the greats like Sir Alex Ferguson. At, at that point, it was time to move on per se. Um, but I don't know. Kind of touching back a little bit, like you were saying, Dustin, a bit of, of the humanity and just kind of trying to take things into perspective. Um, I really do feel like kind of one of the biggest things that will be marked about Lucci's tenure is just this was his very first prof- kind of big time professional coaching job. And he arguably had to coach the two hardest seasons that any coach could have to coach. I mean, you had COVID, which no no coach in the world can prepare for. And I mean, not, not Pep, not Jurgen Klopp. Um, I mean, nobody can prepare for that. And then having to lose guys like, uh, Cobra, who was finally getting on that streak towards the end of 2019. I mean, so many people gave up on Cobra and Lucci did not. And we saw what Lucci was able to bring out of Cobra. And kind of touching back to your little story, Dustin, about Andre and Marco. I mean, Lucci didn't give up on Hader. And we're kind of seeing some of these bright moments towards the end of the season on Hader right there. Um, So, I mean, yeah, he had COVID to go through and that situation. And then you have this year where it's just so many different things that are, for me, outside of Lucci's control. I I don't think, I don't know. For me, I don't think you can really pin that so much on a coach. And, you know, 2019 was his very first year and, you know, made the playoffs. Everyone kind of paid attention to FC Dallas. They're like, oh, this is a team that knows how to play with the ball now. Um, And Lucci putting an emphasis on homegrowns. I mean... The, the biggest things we have kind of talked about is how well the homegrowns have played and how much the veterans have not matched that intensity or that level that the homegrowns have brought. And coaches like Oscar and Lucci are the guys that did a really good job of giving those homegrowns the opportunity and really believing in them. So two, two very these last two seasons, very difficult ones for Lucci to have gone through. Um, but... <laughs> you can very well easily justify kind of any point within his tenure. Yeah, it's time to move on from Lucci. Um, I just really feel like that Lucci never had an easy task going into the team. And granted, yeah, this is professional sports. I don't think any coach has an easy task being the head coach <laughs> of any team to begin with. But for me, I do feel like his task was a little bit more difficult than possibly for some others. Yeah, I I think what we've learned is that F- when FC Dallas says we want to you know develop the next generation of of American soccer talent they mean players and not coaches because if they were truly about coaches no okay, nobody wants to lose nobody wants a losing season we we wanted we were just as harsh on Lucci all season for not finding answers to this problems he got himself into as anybody was and we were right to do so um However, when, when if we're if we're truly about developing the entire game, that includes managers, and you have to give your managers a little bit of grace and a little bit of 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 rope, right? Uh, when when they're coming up and they're they're coming into the game, those 
those two first seasons, I think, bought him in my mind. They bought him, it bought him some some latitude, some some leeway as far as should is it is it is it time to to move on? I think I think that if you are truly about developing the coaches and the players and developing the whole game, right? Then then you've got to give him the you've got to get a, give him at least another season just to see what is like coming, you know, how he rebounds, how he learns from it, how he takes this and moves on, right? You you expect him we all we all wanted answers, him to find answers to the problems he was having. But if we look back at it, he was not giving given tools to find those answers. He there there are small things he could have done, and um, you know we all had had uh, issues with maybe like some substitution patterns or whatever, right? But in the end of the day, the, the the players that he had to work with didn't change, and in fact, they kept getting depleted through injury. And if we're going to develop soccer for the next generation. Um, that's got to include coaches. And so what this tells me is that this, they, what they don't, then what they really mean is that they want to develop the next generation of American soccer players and, and not the whole thing. Uh, that, I, that's very well said. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I think this is also kind of a good reminder of just, I mean, none of us are professional media. We don't do this for a living, <laughs> realistically. However, if you'd like to donate, you can. <laughs> realistically, but and, and I guess rightly so. A lot of the narrative around just sports in general is around the players um, themselves. But I think this is kind of also a really good reminder of, you know, who, who's the person leading these players, and it's the coach. Um, and you can definitely tell just from a – I guess tone and mood change from Lucci throughout this season, probably around mid-season. Lucci kind of wasn't really Lucci that we saw in the first two years. I mean, even Lucci kept up like, no, 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 we're going to fight for each other. We're going to get through all of this, especially in 2020. Halfway through this season, you see Lucci kind of like, I'm, I'm trying to find answers. I'm trying to make things work with the pieces that I have. And that re- really kind of was the tone that Lucci was giving off to everyone in towards the end of this season. Um, and kind of in, in hindsight now, that's probably something that should have been arguably discussed a little bit more often than kind of just like, oh, this player had a bad game or here we go again or answers are not being found. And uh, touching a little bit of what you said, Dustin, kind of some of the players that you really can rely on in FC Dallas either have the injury issues or really have not kind of performed to the standard that fans are used to and that coaches are used to relying on some of these more uh, reliable and consistent players. One of the things that I was thinking about too, just with the changes that maybe a coaching change for some of these younger players, especially ones like a Jesus Ferreira who have been with Lucci for five or six years, having a different, a different voice, having a different approach, having different tactics might actually be better for them for their growth long-term. Right. So it might be shocking now. Right. But, you know, just like a, a player moving on to a new club, assuming they get playing time, right. Is, is often positive for that player's growth. And this might also be an opportunity for some of these younger players who have been playing in this system to be able to maybe they take that next step by having somebody else steer them, right? Uh, But that only really happens, I think, if FC Dallas goes outside of 
the existing system and brings in some new thoughts and some new tactics to actually really drive forward the club. So it, 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 it could be a positive thing, but um, I mean, from my perspective, I, I started the, the question around what's it time for Lucci, but I feel like I'm 100% in agreement with you guys that the club has done Lucci no favors, but I also feel like his time had kind of come to an end. I think he'd, he had tried different things. Um, and I think, you know, last couple of years, yes, he got to the playoffs. I wouldn't consider them super successful years. And I think this year has been, you know, been very up and down. And yes, I know COVID was last year and it was very difficult for anybody, but every every team that he was playing against also was going through similar things, maybe not to the same degree as, as FC Dallas. But uh, I, mean, I felt like at some point the club needed to move on. Um, they could only give... You know, Lucci's so many opportunities because in some ways those those opportunities are detriment to the rest of the club, right? To the to the players and other and other personnel. So uh as sad as I was, man, a big fan of Lucci, I, I, I kind of felt like this should have been his last season. Really interestingly, you just saying that kind of I think it's a nice contrast between the way Lucci is leaving this club and the way Oscar's leaving this club. I feel like the rules are completely flipped. I mean Lucci similarly kind of trying to do everything he can with the pieces he has but the club is making the decision for him with Oscar doing everything he can with the pieces that he has but Oscar making the decision at this point because he sees that the support is not there which some might argue there are some consistencies or non-consistencies between kind of the way these both coaches have left yeah I mean in the end that what drove probably the final decision or for you know, in one case, it was the the coach's decision. In one place, the the club's decision was honestly probably a lack of a good defined competitive roster. Really, right? That's why OP left, and that's why you know Lucci probably in the end couldn't perform. But that's that's not going to change at any nope. anytime nope. soon for the club. So, as they long have to- as they're selling off their best players to Europe, well, just allowing them to go and letting the players, you know, yep. being being a, a player friendly club and and doing that going that route there's they're not going to it's going to be very very difficult for them to have anything any situation that's any different than we had for the last two coaches i also think that this kind of now with andre coming in uh we've kind of seen how andre's starting to exert his influence on the field with just the players he's bringing in um and how he's kind of building this development, but I really do feel like kind of this, the basically this next coaching hire will uh, play a real part on kind of also his tenure here at the club as well. Yeah. Um, it is his first real big, real big decision. And, you know, beyond just personnel player decisions. Um, all right. Well, um, you know, Regardless of how we feel about how Lucci's leaving, I think all of us are are hoping for the best and wishing Marco the best um, in the next eight games. And you know, we would love we'd you know we want him to succeed, regardless of what happened with the you know the previous manager with Lucci going out. Um, and, and so, with that having been said, uh, Feruzzi, who sports a two win two loss record for his tenure as head coach for FFC Dallas in 2008, will be taking the team up to Vancouver uh, 
for a, a late game here for us. It starts at 9 p.m. Central. Uh, Vancouver's, you know, not super high, but I think their their forms kind of started to be a little bit on the uptick with some marquee wins uh, the past few matches. So I, I think um, it'll definitely be a challenge for, for, for Ruzi and the boys. It'll be fun. <laughs> Lucci, there's no Lucci gang anymore. It's going to be hard to get used to saying. Uh, but yeah, we'll see what happens when when the team travels up to to Vancouver. Anything else you guys want to touch on before we go? No, uh, I, get, oh, I I but, do think. I mean, you're you're looking forward. I mean, that's that is something that we can look forward through the rest of the season. Is I mean, I don't expect them to make the playoffs, but it'll be interesting to see what changes Fruzzi makes. Right? If he's you know, how he how he shifts tactically. If there's personnel changes that he makes that are different from the way Lucci's been playing. I think it'll. It'll give us something to to break down, to view, and there see. You know, maybe maybe uh, maybe he'll get something out of this club that uh, that Lucci wasn't able to. And I think oftentimes when you see a a, a, a coach leave middle of the season, you, you get a little bump, right, for at least one or two games. So I uh, mean, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll see something exciting from the club when they go to Vancouver. I mean that, and I'm sure you also see kind of this new vigor of players, some in their last year of their contracts, also kind of basically playing for their jobs as well. Yeah. I'm wondering if we'll see some some uh, Oscar uh, formations come back with like a 4-4-2 or something like that. So it'll be, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to watch. And I like your optimism, Jonathan, there that, you know, it'll give us something to talk about for the rest of the game, despite having had a... Uh, uh, We'll call it a, a disappointing season to have been breaking down this whole time. That's right. The, the FCD fan needs a reason to stay up till eleven thirty at night watching uh, an away match in Vancouver. So now you have it, guys. You can uh, do your own tactical breakdown and then check back with us next week to see uh, see how we compare. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, we'll, we'll get a double episode uh, or double take of Kaiser Gomez and NTSC next episode. I promise Nico. No, there's, <laughs> All right. there's bigger fish to fry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, if you, uh, if you like what you heard, you can hit that subscribe button, that good, good subscribe button right there in your podcast app. That way you don't miss an episode. You'll get it right there. In your app, you'll get a notification that says, hey, new Dallas soccer show. And then you can listen to our wonderful voices and our very thoughtful thoughts and for free, all, all for free. And if you want to engage with us, we're on Twitter as at Dallas Soccer Show. Our websites are DallasSoccerShow.com and TheStreckerTexas.com. Be sure to check them out. They've got John's got some of the best coverage and the best uh, opinion pieces out there right now. Um and so the strikertexas.com for Nico Mendez for Jonathan Roz I'm Dustin Nation thanks so much for listening we said H-O-O-P-E.